Welcome everybody back to CNC Talks. As always, I am Cody. I am Noah. Today we are going to be dealing with a topic. It is how to create a villain, or how we create a villain, I should say. And then what our favorite villain was from our past D&D sessions. Not just in Vreeland, but in our whole D&D careers. Noah, do you want to go ahead and go over how you create your villain? All right. Because yours are going to be more in-depth. Mine are one-shots, and they do not require as much. So. <laughs> I have about three steps. So first is I have to figure out the blueprint or campaign outline first okay, before that, anything else. That is my first step, too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's... You need to know what you're doing with this world, what you're going to make it. Is it more steampunk? Is it more modern? Is it more medieval? Is it caveman-esque? You need to have that outline first before you do anything else in my opinion yeah that's totally understandable next why did your villain become a villain or why is your villain a villain did did they just start a villain did they have they been one for a long time why did they become villainous what happened in their life in the past that caused them to do this it doesn't have to be traumatic it doesn't have to be like a family died a family member died and so they became like this it could be, are they desperate to save someone? Do they love someone? Are they trying to save the world in their eyes, but are actually destroying it? Or are they just pure assholes? Or are they just pure <laughs> assholes? Exactly. Be like, yeah, fuck this world. I don't give a shit. And then lastly, how can you connect your villain to your PCs? I think the best way to make your villain hated but lovable is by connecting it Connecting their backstory with your PC's backstory. <clears throat> the King Jake Stander. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking, is your villain a part of an organization that your party's searching for? Is Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> are they a family member of one of your PCs? <laughs> Did the villain happen to take one of the heirlooms? Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> that type of stuff. Connecting it with your PCs. Makes it more enjoyable and more hated than I think anything else can really go for. Yeah, I can tell you that. That's. Did your villain happen to kill your PC's parents or something? Did they take your friend? O- Did they take your PC's friend away? <laughs> Next. Next. <laughs> That's kind of my basis on how I usually create a villain. So mine, it's, it's pretty much the same thing. I just go through a few things in my head. Not in any, well, most of it's not in any necessary like order. Yeah. The first thing you have to do is, like you said, I create a villain based on my world or storyline. Doesn't make sense to have uh, like an Aladdin-based thing, okay? Like Arabian Nights type deal, and then you're fighting a T-Rex or fighting like a cyborg. Hell like, yeah. it, it just doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, like, make sure it's appropriate. You do an Eldritch Horror theme, Cthulhu-esque monster, demon, whatever kind of devil, you know, whatever kind of creature you want. But you don't want to do, I mean, unless it's supposed to cause a twist without making it cheesy or corny. The other thing I do is plan what level your characters are going to reach and then plan your villain accordingly. I would not, you know, be like... Yeah, I'm just going to throw this in here and figure out his stats. And then you get there and you're like, oh, he is severely underpowered or he is going to merc them all in one shot. Like, it's he's done. He, it's this, you know, you want to make it challenging, but not yet again, unless it's supposed to be impossible. Yeah. 
Yeah, like there is people I know I've wrote stories before where you just have to die. You know, that's that's how you reach the end game. People just don't know it until you reach it. So obviously, like I said, plan what level characters your party or your heroes are going to reach in order to correctly plan out. How do I want to say this? I, I guess like I plan the beginning of the adventure and the very end of the adventure. And then everything in between is kind of more loose. Like, it's more malleable. I reference a lot of source material for mine. So, for me, I do a lot of one-shots. So, I do not need to build this long, drawn-out depiction of this character. So, mine is going to be somebody that you encounter one time, and then you are not going to probably ever encounter that character again. So for one shots, I use a lot of source material. I create the villain's background and reasoning, like you said, but to fit my story. And then I don't have to get extremely in depth with it as much because it's not, like I said, a long lasting character. It's usually maybe some interactions and then a final battle. So you can kind of get a little bit of leeway with that when you're not going to consistently come back to this character. Um, throughout like a long drawn out campaign for more minor villains a lot of what i can do is use some source material or pre-made villains but please give them their own personality and their own background don't cookie cutter that shit in trust me it feels wrong it feels wrong it doesn't feel genuine and it will affect your story it will affect your characters especially if you're playing with some people that have played D&D before. They will look at that and go, "Oh, like they may not say anything and it may not even they may not even care." But there is some people that will look at it and go, "Oh, this character was fucking thrown together." Like easy to tell. Easy to tell. So, I think that it really so, sometimes, especially I I can't really speak for it cuz I haven't really done any but I assume doing long campaigns, you want to put as much thought into the villains as you do to the player characters. Yeah. With background and flaws and what's the other thing I'm thinking of? Ideals. Flaws, ideals. Personality um, traits. Yeah. Yeah. You want to make sure that you have all that stuff planned out if this person or creature is going to continuously be a part of your campaign. So basically you want to have a character sheet for them. Like your own separate character sheet. You are making a care. You are making a playable character, pretty much for you, for he, the yes. DM, you the DM, or a guest. Sometimes, like I, I was part of a guest feature down at our local card shop one time. Me and our friend Devin, like we were, you know, we came in as the two villains and we fought the party. You know, it, it's just, to, just don't, don't overlook villains like they're not important. Like, they're not something to be highly, I, I, I guess, planned to a higher degree the same way that characters are. Because if you do that, your characters are going to be awesome, and then you're going to get into a battle, and it's going to be extremely lackluster. Yeah, that that's pretty much all I have for that. I get, it just, like I said, it just comes down to just take pride in what you're doing. Take pride in doing it and you will find it's a lot easier to put effort into actually creating your villains and not just villains that'll carry over into everything. World building, all that stuff. Just think of someone that you hate, it'll flow on through after yeah. that. And then once you get to a point, you think of 
people that you care about and then you turn them evil and then it really fucks with you. Like you sit there and you're just like, look at our one shot for the Halloween took a lot of people that we loved, a lot of characters that we loved and turned them into evil characters. And it was like, we had to get past personal emotions and be like, this is like something like there were the heavy role play. (laughs) Yeah. The heavy role play in those sessions are key. They are vital to enjoying those moments when you can really put a twist on things. Always look at villains as just another instance or another opportunity to just make, like push your adventure to a whole new level. You know, you want your player members to be extremely in tune and very, what's the word I'm looking for? Very not close with their characters. We just said it. (laughs) My brain's like not functioning at all. I have no fucking clue where I am right now. Oh, but they want to be very attached to their, you want them to be very attached to their character and have a very, like a very close, like personal connection with this persona. But you also want them to have that very close connection, whether it's through hatred, maybe misunderstanding, regret, pain, uh, sympathy, empathy. You want them to have that feeling towards that villain as well, where they can go, hey, we're, we're just going to run it. You know, you don't want them to go and just be like, hey, we're, we're just, just fucking run in and try to kill him like whatever like this guy's a pain in the ass you want it to be like hey so i know we're going to talk about our favorite characters but i'm not going to i'm not going to say mine right now what i'm going to say is that this is a good example the king in vreeland he obviously we were like okay he's the king of a country but at this point like he is causing a lot of fucking issues we might have to like take him out and then we found out that it was Vezrin's father. And it's, huh? uh, we, we were just like, it's just like when you get connected like that, you go, oh my God, okay, this is anchored to a member in the party now. This becomes personal. <laughs> and this becomes very much more convoluted and complicated than it was two minutes prior. So this is where it starts to really push your characters and your players to problem solve and you know work as a team and possibly end the camaraderie of the party like it's you know it's whatever your characters want to do so if they branch off there's nothing you can do about it i mean you can try to stop them but you know so it's one of those things that it's like I feel that that is a very good example of like the possibilities that you can have with villains. If it was just some random king not connected to anybody in our party, we would have tried to kill that guy. I would have tried to kill that guy. Yeah, like so easily. But as soon as we figured that out, I was like, oh, this is. And then all this other stuff started coming up. And I was like, well, this is not just cut and dry like it was, like I said, two minutes ago. So it just got very. You know, it just got us that much more into the storyline and into the actual world of Vreeland. So I think that's just a very good example. Not my favorite, but it's, I will say I was thinking about it and one of my favorites is from Vreeland. So do you want to go ahead and go with yours? Uh, Before then, before we do that, I want to talk about a video that I always go to when I try and create a villain. Uh, It's a video by... Jerry B. Jenkins. <laughs> <laughs> He's a 
writer and this video is how to write a complex. I'm just going to briefly go through the points that he had, but the actual video will be in the show notes. I think it's amazing. Everyone that wants to create a villain but isn't sure where to start, this is where you should start. He's the goat. He, The goat! <laughs> <laughs> That's why he's the goat. The goat! So he goes on and says that there's really four main complex uh, villains, but you don't have to follow them. First one that he says is noble. This is the kind of villain that is compelled to do what he needs to be done. He's still in the wrong. Think of like Draco Malfoy and Harry Potter. I don't know if you've seen it. I haven't seen it. This is just one of his I have examples. Seen it, yeah. The next one he goes on to is pitiable. You feel sorry for them. They weren't always a villain, but desperate times come with desperate measures. Yeah. This is the more like psychologically damaged villain. Then goes on to well-meaning, good intentions, but still somehow makes it worse. This is okay. kind of like an anti-hero, but not really an anti-hero. It's it's in that that gray area. Yeah. It's like somebody you want to help more than hurt. Yes. Uh, and then the last one is villain in name only. This is like a mirror to the actual heroes. Most likely will follow the same goals, but with different motives. Like, looks completely harmless, doesn't look at all villainous, but once you actually confront them or talk to them, you can tell that they're dangerous. Yeah. Then he goes on to tips to make them more effective. Okay. So first tip is to make them have a realistic and sympathetic backstory. Give them reasons why they are villainous. And you will be able to understand, and the players, and anyone who reads a story or whatever, will understand why they are evil now. Something in their past happened to make them evil. Uh, next one is strong motives. Why are they doing this? Are they feared of something? Are they just greedy? Are they power hungry? They could also be more heroic motives, which could be loss. You lost someone that you loved. You're trying to find someone that you love. You're in the heat of battle and you're just trying to save your city or town or whatever. Next one is power. You need to understand that they want to stop at nothing to get what they want. Try and make them smart and accomplished enough to make sure that they aren't looking like a fool. No one's gonna... <sighs> I have a story where I was being a DM for one of my friends and they were going up to this windmill. They had to fight this guy that was stitching people together to make flesh golem. That's crazy. I know. <laughs> it was really cool. They finished the flesh golem and um, they met this evil guy. I didn't have a name. I didn't have like... I thought he was just going to die, but they kind of just let him go. And all they asked was like, is his name like evil guy or something? And just jokingly, I said, yeah. Are they high? They were acting kind of high. Yeah. And it was a complete joke. They didn't find him evil. They just found him just someone there trying yeah. to be, trying to be villainous, but not like Max. Yeah. Like Original Max. Max. Original Max. Original Max. Original Max. Weak. Fuck my fucking life. <laughs> Make them not look like a fool. Yeah. Next is kind of like the major thing. Force difficult decisions. Make it hard to tell if the villain is actually good or bad. Make it where the party is unknown or has been told that they are evil. They have been the worst fucking person alive. But they were doing something for actually the good. Almost like they're framed yes. in a way. Yeah. Make it feel like they are good, but also bad. And make them decide, should I actually kill this person or not? And lastly, cause the protagonist to grow. 
cause the party to don't undershoot your villain. Make the villain throw everything at the party. Make them throw everything at them. They want this just as much as the party wants to win. Yeah, challenge the shit out of them. Yeah. That's the big thing. Challenge the shit out of your party. He talks a little bit more, but you can go to that video once again in the show notes. Please. It's worth it. He is the goat. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I know the episode is amazing so far, but I'm going to do a quick sponsor. Open Arms Pharmacy. They sell amazing kind of freeze-dried candy and fruit, and they have their own line of soda, like Jesus Christ. I'm going to go quick so you can get back to this amazing episode. They sell freeze-dried honey buns, Skittles, Sour Patch Kids, um, gummy worms, their own soda. There's five different flavors, vanilla bean, uh, black cherry, blue raspberry, uh, Coke, and strawberry. They also sell freeze-dried pickles, and if you're in the Punxsutawney or Brookville area, you can come into the store, and they also have an array of different other kinds of candy, from old-fashioned Laffy Taffy to random different kinds of cotton candy containers with a massive amount of other types of candy. So, you can still buy their stuff at Etsy.com, at Open Arms Pharmacy. That's O-P-E-N-A-R-M-S-F-A-R-M-A-C-Y. Thank you. Tell them that CNC sent you. Now, sorry to wait all that. Now, back into the episode. All right. Now, you want to talk about your favorite villain or do you want me to go? You can go ahead and go. Mine's I have a current and a past. Current and a past? Yeah. Okay. I made a current one out of Vreeland and then a past one out of old ones. Okay. Well, yes, I love Vreeland's evil people, evil villains and whatever. <laughs> But they're not my. It's. I don't think I'll ever be able to top this villain. Okay. These villains. So a little backstory on this campaign. What it was called, Imnar. A giant crystal hit the world, causing a massive magic explosion to fully make magic immensely more common. So pretty much all the levels, like common and uncommon and everything, just goes down a level. So there's no such thing as legendary. There's like very rare, rare, uncommon, common, and then everywhere and this crystal caused major problems from a lot of people gaining magic and doing crimes or monsters mutating and everything but there was also a lot of good in this this main evil guy his name was Sobek he was a normal merchant that was very good at selling and just was a very good businessman people started to stop buying his goods and he wanted to try something new so he went into the black market. He gained a great name and was very well known underground. Him and his quote-unquote family members, he they were his like really good business friends. There was nothing wrong with his actual family. It was just never really contacted them. Him and his three family members worked together to make their business great underground. Once the sky crystal hit and the magic became extravagant, they wanted to take the chance and try and make more magic stuff. Him and his family members did it for about three years until an accident happened that killed the other three family members. He then left the black market since it was very dangerous and too many people relied on it. He then roamed a city and found a quote-unquote family member. Wasn't an actual family member, it was a person that had the same goals as him. He wanted to plan and train people to bring the world back to normal. He found and raised eight new family members and gave them each a part of the crystal to enhance their abilities. Hidden in a ruined city with his family, the quote-unquote family called him father, but barely anyone actually knew his name. 
some of the quote-unquote family members were a child that after the crystal hit, crystals formed all over his body and had to be put away into hiding. Another one was a barbarian, which was actually one of my PC's fathers that supposedly died. Another one was a bard that the party saved from like the first or second session, but was actually very evil. There's a cleric that whenever she did something, everyone in the vicinity heard like church bells ringing. The last one, well, I have two more. There was a druid, very old woman that was very friendly to all the animals in the woods. Once the crystal hit, they went full fucking mutant, tried to kill her. But after the main merchant said, I'll help you get your creatures back, she was able to pretty much tame them all. Mm-hmm. The last one that I wrote down was a dragonborn that was amazing with magic. And once the crystal hit, all of his magic went wild. And I put it to where no matter what he rolled, unless it's a nat 20, the spell went wild. And it wasn't, this all wasn't just me. It was my brother who wanted to do this, but couldn't really think of anything. He just wanted to do some type of family member along with something else. So I kind of fleshed it out a bit more and he helped me do all this. And I don't think I'll ever be able to top this fucking group. Yeah, it's wild. Go ahead. So my past one is whenever we were playing with our friend Shane, there was, it was whenever, I think it was Volos came out. Is that the one with the Kankus and stuff? So Volos came out and to celebrate it, we ran a campaign where we were the villains. We obviously, we had like, we were each a lord of our race of, like I was a lizard folk lord. One of our other friends was a goblin lord. There was... I forget what else. There was a couple other people. I don't remember what they played. I'd have to look at what all was in Volos. But either way, we were lords, and we met up, and this evil wizard was killed by some adventurers, some heroes. And we we were gathered together because we had an alliance with this evil wizard. And we were all gathered together, and we were like, they were like, you have to hunt these people down and kill them. The familiar of the dead wizard was a Kenku, and it was like... The way he described it, it was like a super evil-looking Kenku, and it was the way it spoke was it had a magical tome, and it, it like accompanied us, but it was a uh, so it was a wizard as well, and it would open the book, and whenever it went to speak, the words would come off the page, and they would form like the words they would pick letters out and spell the words as it was trying to speak. And that's how it would speak. And I was like, that's super fucking cool and creative. Since Kenku's can only mimic voices, I was like, he's using the magic to use the words in his book speak for him. I think that was one of my favorites. I mean, all of our characters were pretty cool. I, I like them, but I think especially since he was the most in tune with D&D or he was the most seasoned at D&D at that time, he like his character was just great. So my favorite current one is my buddy, the little ooze girl. <laughs> so the fact that she is so fucking like creepy it's not even like she, like i know she's like insane and i know she's like under the control of these ooze and like you know but it's still very not disheartening what's the word i'm looking for very like it makes you uneasy what's the I don't know why I can't think of it. Uncomfortable? Unsettling. She's very unsettling. And I am a huge fan of horror movies. I love watching horror movies. I I love being, like, uncomfortable. The fact that she, like, slightly gives me that. I'm like... (laughs) 
<laughs> just I love it. I love it. it it's it's awesome. Uh, I think the ooze, it's more, I would say, uh, so like, I think it's more just like all of the ooze beings that we've dealt with are just, they're so, I think it's the mystery behind them. Like the mysterious, just like where they came from, what are they doing? Who are they? Why are they fucking dealing? Like, why do we have to deal with them? All of this stuff, I think that is something that really drives me to love them as villains. So, yeah, I couldn't decide between those two. Damn. All right. Fuck the king. Fuck He's a the dickhead. K- fuck the king. Yeah, you right. He's a piece of shit. But hey. He, he, I, know, <laughs> I know. We'll see. I just I don't know. What if he's an actual good guy? And he should have taken my offer. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, that's not posted it's yet. Fine. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> you guys will find out what I mean later. Yeah. But no, like, I just, I don't know. I, I'm so, I don't know. I'm so intrigued by the ooze people that, like, I want to learn more. And after future conundrums, you know, unfold, I am very cur- curious to, like, talk about it and see you know what is going on with the this like these ooze people or this race of ooze people why they keep popping up (laughs) so but yeah other than that you have anything else no that's how you create a villain well not really how it's just our opinion on how we usually create a villain yeah us helping you it's just advice just like all of D&D, we're not railroading. It's not a fucking, you know, you don't have to do anything the way we do it. But this is just how how we figure things out and how it helps us to organize stuff. So we really help or help. We really hope that we help some of you with your future D&D endeavors. And we just hope that in some way you can take what we're saying and use it to your own advantage. So, But other than that. Thank you guys for listening. I uh, really appreciate everything. Uh, Noah, plug. Thank you all for listening to CNC Talks. If you like that episode and want to hear more, follow and subscribe to keep up to date. We have an Instagram and Facebook at Creatures and Cantrips and Twitter at Creature Cantrip. If you want your message to be read on the next episode, leave a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Like, share, comment. It'll help us immensely. I hope you all have a wonderful day.